The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. A mother of three from Kensington vanished two years ago, and she hasn't been seen since. It's been more than three years since a mother of three has been heard from, and her parents are desperate for your help. Susan Primavera hasn't heard from her daughter Jill in over four years. This is Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The then 28-year-old was last seen on Thursday, April 12, 2012. I just want to tell her to come home. Just call, I mean, our whole family just wants her to come home always called she's never felt she couldn't call primavera has three daughters and her family says they miss her i mean they're getting old enough now they do know you know that they do have a mom and they do know their mom is missing as soon as the first mother's day passed and we didn't hear from her seems suspicious to us if anybody has seen her just reach out and tell us and just please let us know imagine your daughter that you love more than any thing in the world that you pour all your love into all your dreams into all your hopes into try to make a better life for her and you want all of her dreams to come true and then she goes missing i am talking about a beautiful young girl jill primavera her mom and dad our special guest today on Crime Stories. I'm Nancy Grace, and I want to thank you for being with us. Today's story is so important because I really believe there is a chance we can find the truth about the disappearance of Jill Primavera. Along with me, the Duke, Alan Duke, of course, joining me. Alan, how long 
has Jill Primavera been missing? Give me her description. She has three children waiting for mommy to come home. Jill was 28 years old when she was last seen. She was last seen reported on April 12, 2012 in Philadelphia at the intersection of A Street and East Allegheny Avenue. Well, wait a minute. That's very, very specific as to, uh, so there is a witness that can place her right there. On a certain day. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break in. Go ahead with that description, Alan. The mother of three daughters. She is a white female, five foot five inches tall, and weighed about 140 pounds at the time. And at the time of her disappearance, she had blonde hair with red highlights. So what are their ages now? They are five, eight, and ten. Five, eight, and ten. That's about the ages of the twins who are nine. And boy, do they need mommy. Bob, what do you guys tell the children about, is mommy coming home? Do they ask about her? Yeah, they ask about her, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't tell them the details, but we tell them that we're still looking. We won't give up. Where do they think mommy is? Do they have an idea? Do they get sad, or have they pushed it to the back of their minds and don't talk about it? No, the older they've gotten, they do, especially the oldest, the 10-year-old, ask frequently. Um, I mean, every night they say a prayer for their mom, um, you know, and and pray that she comes home. And, you know, it's just heartbreaking. Um, you know, and like I said, they're just too young, so we don't give them details. Um, but they are aware that it, we cannot find their mom. So when the 10-year-old at night asks questions about mommy, what kind of questions does she ask? Where is my mommy? Why, why can't they find my mommy? Why isn't God helping us? You know what, that just, that just breaks my heart because, you know, when I'm away for even one night, it nearly drives me crazy wondering how they're doing, what are they doing, let me ask you this, Sue. What has been the most difficult part of being away from Jill? I can't tell you that there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her, wonder where she is. I mean, my life, honestly, has changed since all this has happened. I mean, it, it, and, and that way? I really even feel like that I, that I can't function properly. I mean, it's it's always on my mind. I'm always thinking what I can do next to 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 try to help find her, because we're not getting enough support from law enforcement. And I mean, it's just we're always trying to think of the next step. What can we do? What can we do next to try to help find her? I mean, as a mother, I, I'm I am talking to the mom and dad of Jill Primavera, who is missing. She's a beautiful young mom of three. I'm sorry, Sue, what were you saying about as a mom? I know you understand because you're a mother that you, I mean, imagine that your kid is missing. I mean, and you know, the police just hope I just go away and, and I'm not going to go away and, and I'm going to continue to fight until I get an answer. You know, Alan, the other night, I don't know if I told you about this, I had the worst dream. It woke me up. And in the dream, I was bent over double, crying. And the feeling in my stomach and my chest, 
I didn't know what was wrong. And then in the dream, I found out the twins were missing. I couldn't find the twins. And I have, and this is after the murder of my fiance. This is having just lost my father. In that dream, that feeling of not knowing where the twins were, it was one of the worst feelings. And I just woke up and went immediately and looked at them. They were asleep. And it was, and that was just, you know, 30 seconds of a dream. And Bob and Sue go through this every single day of their lives. Bob, tell me what has been the worst part about not knowing where Jill is. Well, I kind of feel like I uh, failed her, you know. I'm her father. I'm supposed to, you know, protect her. And that gets me every day. You know, if I could have been there, if I could have. If I could find out or, you know, it's, you know, I hold a lot of this in and uh, it's tough dealing with it. You know what I mean? Um, it has changed me also. In what way? Uh, anxious, anxiety, you know quick to jump down somebody's throat, you know, like just get right in there because I, I'm, I'm holding all this, holding all this anger in because of the people that we think may have something to do with it. And, you know, the police aren't questioning the people that, you know, we, we tell them that we think they should question and they agree with us at the time, but never, never go out and actually question these people. And, you know, what police force is it exactly, Bob? What police force? Well, responsible for the case is the Philadelphia Police Department. But we have spoken. I, you know, we've called. I've called the, our congressman. We had Cory Booker call Philadelphia, and then there was some action for a while. But the marshals are involved. The FBI is involved, and. We have, meet, you know, periodic meetings with these people, you know, maybe once a year or something, and everybody's going to do something. You leave the office, you don't hear from them again. So, you know, my wife continually tries to, you know, keep it going and calling them and keep it in their mind. But it's, you know, they... So it is the Philadelphia police that are... The main entity working the case of Jill Primavera? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so you have told them suspects that you think may be involved. Well, let me just say persons of interest. You know, I, you were saying, Bob, that you have to hold it in. There's so much that you hold in. Of course you do, because you have the, her children, her three girls living with you now. And you've got to be strong for them. And they're watching everything you say, everything you do. You know, if you look defeated or worn out or exhausted with the search for Jill, then they'll know that immediately. Then they'll give up hope. And then that will be awful for them. So you two have a huge burden on you. Huge burden on you. So let me ask you this. When you think of the last time, Bob, that you spoke to her, what do you recall about that conversation? 
Well, my wife was the last one that spoke to her. I, uh, the last time I spoke yeah. to her, I was angry with her because of, you know, her, you know, her straightening up her act and getting back, you know, with her children. So, so I kind of feel were guilty. Angry with her. Yeah, I feel guilty because I was angry with her now, and. That's, that's you know what? I gotta tell you something, Bob. I gotta tell you something. I've replayed this over and over and over in my mind. When my dad passed away, I was supposed to take the children ice skating at Rockefeller Center. And before I got on the plane, I almost backed out. And I'd gone back and forth. Were we gonna go out of town or not? Because he was having trouble breathing, and my mom said, oh, he's going to be fine, don't worry. I went, and I got to New York. I got everybody unpacked, ready to go skiing, and my mom called and said, they're putting your dad on life support. Well, I got everybody repacked, ran out onto the streets of New York to hail a cab to try to get a plane back home. We got home, but... I don't know if my dad ever knew I was there. I stood by his bed for 72 hours until he passed away. And I beat myself up about that every day since he went to heaven. And you know what? It's You were doing the right thing, Bob. You were trying to guide her. Parents get angry with their children when they see them making mistakes. That is not your fault. You have got to not beat yourself up about that. You were trying to help her. And I know that. And God knows that. And she knew that at the time that you were trying to help her. Yeah, I mean... When you think about... Go ahead. We went to counseling with her, you know... We, we we felt it like we've done everything we could, so I I had to just go with the the hard love that that I don't know, I forget the word I'm not even thinking straight right now tough love tough love tough love yeah because like it like I was saying I felt we both felt like we were being played by her you know going to to the counseling and all that and. And it, it wasn't working, so I took another path. Here's the thing. With alcohol or drugs, look, I guess, Alan, what are the stats? At least 50% of the country, our country, have either had an alcohol problem or a drug problem or somebody in their family or close friend has had an alcohol or drug problem probably greater than 50%. So what you're saying right now, nobody is judging Jill. Nobody is judging you because we've all been there. I have somebody in my family with an alcohol problem and they've had it forever. We all do. I have people in my family, relatives with drug problems. Everybody has it. And let me tell you, when I was a prosecutor in inner city Atlanta, people would lose everything, their families, their jobs, their homes, because of drugs and alcohol. It's not, it's not just Jill. What, what do you have to say to people? Well, the only people that I talk to about is family. You know, I mean, and no, no one else asks, I guess, because they, 
don't feel comfortable asking. And I don't bring it up to anybody. Well, I feel comfortable because I'm telling you, a large part of America suffers with drug and alcohol problems. And it is nothing to be ashamed of at all. Because from what I've seen, it, it is a sickness. It is an illness. You can't, you can't get rid of it. It literally is like a monkey on your back. And Jill was fighting it, and you and your wife were fighting it with her. You've just been through so much. If I could just find a way to help you find her. What do the police tell you when you go and you speak to them? What do they say? Well, the, the last one, like I said, was like they, there's no bedside manner. I mean, there's, I mean, and you don't, you don't really want it like that anyway, but to tell you... Nothing yet. Like we said, we gave the cop who's supposed to be on it now some information. And she says, you know, there's a serial killer out there. I mean, I, I'm just like, what the hell kind of shit is that to tell us? Oh, my stars. So he says there's a serial killer out there. And that's supposed <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he's got to tell you the truth, but dang. Oh, that must have been like a kick yeah, in the well, stomach. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like don't, you know, don't go out and investigate and go out and look. Because we got a call that someone had, they think they had seen her two, three days ago. We called up the detective and told her, and she said she was going to go out and look at it. And we haven't heard nothing from her. And it's, that's, she said she was going to go out yesterday morning. We haven't heard nothing. So this is kind of what we, you know, we sit here and we wait and we wait and, you know, our nerves are, you know, and nothing. And then we got to call somebody else. We got, you know, to, to try and get somebody else on it. And that's just the way it's been for us. Everybody promises us everything and no one delivers on nothing. We go down personally to the Badlands. This is a bad, real bad part of Philly. And we put flyers up. We, you know. Put billboards up. Bill, we had two billboards put up, one on I-95, one down in Kensington. We, you know, we've put it on the local news through Citizens Crime Commission. I mean, basically the people who have helped us through this, it, it, like the FBI and the marshals and whatnot, only helped us be because we couldn't get the help of, of the police department. I, I, I mean, and so what we've come to find out is it, it is their jurisdiction, and they just still refuse to help us. I mean, we just wrote to the mayor last week and, and the commissioner, and, and we're waiting to hear back. It's just frustrating. I mean, it, this has been since 2012, and, and we're just constantly being told that something will be done and nothing's done. The reason also is she's never not going Mother's Day or my wife's birthday without calling, you know, and that's what set us off. She didn't call. That's when we contacted the police and started this thing rolling back in 2012. We knew something, something was probably wrong because of that. We are talking about a beautiful, missing young mom of three, Jill Primavera. 
when she did not contact her mom on Mother's Day, mom and dad knew something was horribly wrong. This girl has three beautiful daughters waiting on her to come home. And they ask, they're old enough now to ask questions. Where's mommy? Why won't mommy come home? Why won't God help me find mommy? It's really almost more than I can even say, Alan. I mean, why won't God help bring my mommy home? I mean, that's got to break their heart every night when they hear that from the 10-year-old. It does. It does. Guys, there is a $5,000 reward for information on the whereabouts of Jill Primavera. Last seen in Philadelphia. The tip line, 215-546-TIPS. 215-546-8477. Please help us find out the whereabouts of this beautiful girl, this loving mom, Jill Primavera. Please help us help Bob and Sue bring their daughter home. Mom and Sue, I hear you. I hear you crying and I want you to know that as I am giving this tip line, my mom and I are sitting here crying right along with you because I hear how much you're suffering and I just hate it for you. And I want to do whatever we at Crime Online and Crime Stories can do to help you. And we will we'll continue to broadcast this and publicize this and do every single thing I can think of to help you find peace. Our prayers now with Bob and Sue and Jill, and most important, with those three little girls that are waiting for their mom to come home. Nancy Grace Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.